My name is Brad. I'm a middle school pastor here. If I've never met you before, um, that's probably why, because you're in high school. You're not in middle school. Um, some of you are freshmen, and I had you last year. Some of you are sophomores, and I had you two years ago. And some of you just see me around for years because you've been around forever. Um, and then some of you are like, who's that weirdo? Uh, to which I would say, me. Uh, I'm the weirdo. Uh, so I'm glad you're here at Reckless tonight. We are pumped that you're here, especially if you're a new person. Um, the high school pastor, uh, James Griffin, he has so graciously and, and nicely gone to New York um, without us. <laughs> and I'm not bitter at all about it. Because, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, this is pretty cool. It's pretty much like skyscrapers and, and uh, you know, uh, Times Square and, uh, you know, all the cool stuff that's there. This is pretty similar. So I'm not bitter. I'm, no, seriously, I'm good, guys. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Um, I hate James. No, I'm just kidding. I love him. Uh, he misses you guys. He wishes he was here. Um, and he's asked me to kick off this new series with you guys, which I'm very pumped about, called Not Another Teenager. I know you guys just got done with a series uh, in Acts, and now we're going to go into this. And we're going to actually be in the book of Daniel. So if you have your Bible, you want to go ahead and turn to Daniel. We're going to be in the very first chapter if you want to jump ahead of me and get ready. Um, if you're one of those people who's like, I want to be ready, and you're like a note taker, and you're, you're all into that stuff. I personally am not a very good note taker. Any other people like that in the house? Not good note takers? Not, yeah, okay. You can put your hands down. Uh, how many of you are not very good at like focusing at somebody speaking? Like when somebody's speaking, you kind of check out. Okay, great. I'm going to like yell at this area right here. I'm just kidding. I will spit though. I spit a lot. Apparently James spits because there's nobody like right here. <laughs> like the first two rows. Nobody. Um, well, we're going to kick this off in Daniel. We're going to go to J- Daniel chapter um, 1. So uh, if you want to go ahead and get there, do it, because we're going to start off in the very first verses. We're not even going to jump around anywhere. We're going to go right through 1 through 13. And uh, we're going to kind of do it in two chunks. We'll look at the first seven verses, then we're going to look at the next few after that. And uh, we'll kind of talk as we go. If you get lost, just ask your neighbor, what is he talking about? And then if they're like, I don't know, then ask your neighbor, and so forth and so on. Um, And hopefully somebody will know what I'm talking about. So verse one, chapter one of Daniel. Um, sorry, I have a little clicker here that I like to use. Uh, I call it my clickster. No? Okay, y'all don't like my name. Um, and I thought about, since I'm the, this, uh, you know, since I work with middle school students all the time, I thought about calling this uh, something different just for tonight instead of not another teenager, just for fun. Like calling it like WWBD, um, what would Bieber do? Uh, because middle schoolers are all about Justin Bieber, and they all went to see that movie this past weekend since it just opened up like two weeks ago. Anybody seen that? Fess up. Who's seen it? Yes, one person. <laughs> two people. <laughs> I love it. It's like, I saw it. <laughs> if you see Paul Richardson, our, our outreach pastor, make fun of him because he went and saw it this uh, past weekend or the weekend before, and uh, I started making fun of him this morning, and then he's like, Bieber's actually like a Christian, and it was like a really inspirational movie and stuff. And I'm like, but it's Bieber, dude. It's like Justin Bieber. It's like that guy, you know, that's always doing that. I'm like, you can't go see that and me not make fun of you. I'm glad he's a Christian, though. That's very encouraging Um, because he has a voice like an angel, Um, (laughs) be it a female angel. Um, All right. Daniel chapter 1, verse, let's, I'm getting sidetracked. Let's get into this, okay? Uh, verses 1 through 7, okay? I'm going to kind of read through it and stop and pause and talk, and, uh, and, and we'll kind of hopefully understand this by the end of it. But the setup for this is 
Israel, the people of Israel who are God's people, have kind of had their ups and downs. Anybody read the Old Testament and you get really depressed because of how up and down they are? I mean, they see all this awesome stuff, but yet somehow they keep like forgetting that God did it all and they forget that they're God's people and then they grumble against him and then he swallows them up with the ground. And I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff happens in the Old Testament. And it's like their spiritual life is like this. It's just a roller coaster, man, of ups and downs and ups and downs. Well, the beginning of Daniel is another down. So we're not going to start off super happy, um, but that's kind of the setup. Israel is at the promised land, okay? They went through all that stuff with Moses. They're at the promised land. They are in Israel. They have Jerusalem. That is their city. And that's kind of where we kick it off, is being besieged. The city of Jerusalem is being besieged by a group called the Babylonians. So verse 1, it says, In the third year of the reign of Jehakim, or Jehakim, however you want to say that, I love messing up Old Testament names, by the way. I'm just kidding. I don't love it. Uh, King of uh, Judah. So this is the king of Israel, okay? Uh, Nebuchadnezzar, which is a a wonderful name, uh, which is the king of the Babylonians, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. Verse 2, it says, And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These are carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put into the treasure house of his God. So Israel is being besieged, specifically Jerusalem is being overtaken by the Babylonians, okay? They take the temple of God and they take the stuff out of it and they take it to the temple of the Babylonian gods. They're taking the treasure out and they're putting it in their treasury. So they're pretty much just taken over. Um, kind of like a scene from a movie when you see an, uh, an army come and take over a city. That's what's going down right now. Verse 3, it says, When the king ordered, there's another cool name, Aspenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and nobility. That would be the upper class, the upper crust, the best of the best type people. And it gets more specific on the type of people he's looking for. He's looking for young men without any physical, physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. Basically, they're looking for a lot of Justin Bieber's is what he's looking for. Um, and so uh, it says he was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians, these people he's looking for. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years. After that, they were to enter the king's service, okay? So they just overtook this city. They take all the gold and all that stuff. They take it to their treasury. Now he sends out his chief, um, chief man to go out and find some more guys from Israel to make them Babylonians that can serve in the king's court. Okay, so these are, these are not just average Joes that he wants. He wants like the best of the best, cream of the crop, really handsome dudes with no defects, um, that are really smart. You know, it's, it's, the, it's probably the, the kids in class that you really don't like because it's like they're, they got everything. You know, that's the kind of guys they're looking for. Um, so I would have been excluded from that. Maybe some of you would have been excluded from that. Maybe some of you would have been totally in that. I don't know, but that's who they were looking for. And they eventually find some guys. And it says in verse 6, Among those who were chosen from Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official came and gave them new names. To Daniel he, ca- he gave, this is another really cool name, Belteshazzar. 
to Ananiah, Shadrach, to Michelle, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. And so we see in these first seven verses, okay, cities overtaken, Babylonians have now overtaken God's people. The people that God has been with all through the Old Testament, he's, he's delivered them from all these things. Um, they've been in slavery, they've been released from slavery. Um, now they're getting captured again, and they're on their way back to slavery again because they keep trusting God and not trusting God. So the city has just been overtaken. They've taken the best of the best from Jerusalem to make them Babylonians. They're going to turn them into these people that have just overtaken them. Now, they don't worship the same God. They're not, they're not God's people, the Babylonians. They don't, when, you, when they say we worship God, they're not talking about Yahweh. They're not talking about the God that we worship. Um, they're not talking about the God that the Jewish people worship. They're talking about different God. And they actually have more than one God. They believe in multiple gods. And so they're turning them into those kind of people. And these new names, I thought this was really cool, so I thought I would show you guys this. Um, what these different names meant, the ones that they had as Jewish, these were Jewish young men, they'd grown up um, in the Jewish uh, church, in the synagogue, listening to rabbis, teachings, they've, they've learned about Yahweh their entire life, okay? And they were given these Hebrew names, and these were their Hebrew names, okay? Daniel's name meant this, God is my judge, and the God, again, this is the God of Israel, this is Yahweh that we're talking about. If you were at Rush last year, then, then you know a little bit about that. So Daniel means God is my judge, but his was changed to this. Belteshazzar, wife of God Baal, which is kind of funny that Daniel got called the wife of this God. Um, and then it means protect the king. Wife of God Baal, protect the king. So he went from God is my judge, the true God is my judge, to they're giving him this name, wife of God, Baal, protect the king. Okay, that's Daniel. Now the next guy had a cool name, Hananiah, which is Yahweh is gracious. Again, Yahweh, God of Israel, the one that we read about in the Old Testament, New Testament. And then he got changed to Shadrach, which sounds like something you'd buy from Bass Pro to go catch a largemouth bass or something. Uh, and it's, it means I am fearful of Aku, which is of course the moon god, as we all know. Uh, so that's what his name means. So his went from Yahweh is gracious to I'm fearful of the moon god. Lame. Um, and it's Shadrach, which is just dumb. I don't like it. Uh, so now we have Michelle, which is, you know, not a, not is, I'm not going to say anything. Um, which is kind of a take on Michael. So if, if anybody's named Michael, it's kind of derivative from that. Uh, which is who is like God? Who is like Yahweh? Who is like the true God? He got changed to Meshach, which is who is like Aku. Again, the moon God. They got a thing for this moon God. They really like the moon. Uh, so next guy, last guy. His name is Azariah, which is Yahweh is a helper. True God is a helper. That's his given name. And they changed it to Abednego, servant of Nebo. I don't know what Nebo is as far as which God he's the God of, but he's another one of their gods. So all these guys went from having names that meant something, that their identity was rooted in who God is, and it got changed to something else. These weird, crazy gods that they know nothing about, and then they have to just, they just have to have it because they were in 
they were taken over by this whole new nation, and this is what happened. This is what they were assigned, these new identities, new names, because that's what this new culture is telling them, is you guys have to be this now. You were this, but now you have to be this. You were all about this God, now you're about all of these gods. And so the culture changed them, or it challenged them. I would say it like this, what or who they lived for was being challenged. They, they totally were live, living for this one thing, for this one God. And then it was totally challenged by this new group of people that came in. Now, that kind of sounds familiar, and it's, it's, it's familiar in a lot of different ways. So try to track with me here, okay? Are y'all ready to track with me? This is where you could say yes or no or I'm hungry. No, don't say that. Um, track with me, okay? Very beginning of the Bible. Very beginning, Genesis chapter 1, we read about the creation of the world, the earth, plants, animals, people. And, um, and we see in the very beginning that God made Adam and he made Eve. And they had this great relationship. Everything was la-di-da and flowers and rainbows. It was great. He got to spend time with God all the time. Adam and Eve both did. They had a, a right relationship. It was great. Then Satan comes in, in the form of the serpent tricks Eve, tricks Adam, and sin enters. Relationship's not so good anymore. They get tricked by this different idea. It's like, okay, you guys are living for this, you're living for God, but I think you should live for this now. You should do this. This is what the serpent says. This is what Satan says. They say, you know what? Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think we'll, we'll do that. We'll do that. They do that, massive repercussions. Changes all of our history. Changes all of the fact of where we're at right now. And so we see this whole idea of living for God, being challenged by living for something else. Very beginning of creation, we see it. And humans fall for it. Okay, so skip ahead, skip ahead. We, go, we get to Daniel, and this is happening. They're living for God. It's being challenged by something else. Skip ahead past that. Now skip to uh, the place where we're at now, Okay. This is, this is past all the Daniel stuff. This is way past the Genesis stuff. We're now here, and we don't have, like, people coming in and taking over the country or anything and saying, listen, you will believe this or you will believe that. But we do have still the whole idea of we are trying to pursue this. We want to pursue God. We want to be all about Him. And we have others who are saying, no, 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 you should do this. You should be about this. And they're trying to challenge this idea of pursuing God and love God. And it's not just people. I mean, it's just Satan is out there. Evil is out there. And it challenges any one of us who are trying to pursue God. And so this idea that's going on with Daniel, I mean, this is something that's been going on forever before him. This is stuff that's still going on now today. But specifically in his instance... It's happening with this Babylonian captivity that's, that they've taken over the city and they're taking control and they're taking these guys and they're changing their identity. They're saying, listen, you did this this way. You lived for God this way, but we're challenging you. We're gonna, we're gonna ask you to do this now, something different. Live for different God, different thing. And I heard a, a pastor say one time that the Bible doesn't, ju- it didn't just happen like, in the past, like, I know when you read the, the Bible, it's easy to think, you know, that stuff happened a long time ago. And it did. 
But the Bible not only happened, but it also is happening. Like it happens. It's continuing to happen. Like we see a lot of the truths that are happening in the Bible continue to happen now. And so we're going to try to keep looking at what some of those things are. In uh, Daniel, we're going to keep looking at the next few verses. Okay, chapter 8. Now they've been captured. They've been given new names. These, again, Daniel and three of his buddies locked up. They're going to be trained for three years, and they're going to enter God's service, okay? So, verse 8, it says, But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Now God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. But the official told Daniel, I'm afraid of my lord the king who has assigned your food and drink. Why should I see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because you, because of you, period. It's helpful when I read their punctuations. Um, So then this is what happens, verse 11. Daniel then said to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, uh, Michelle and Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So Daniel and his buddies are faced with something, okay? It's like, okay, you, you're, you, you've had this whole life, okay? And, and most people believe... Um, that these guys, these four guys, were teenage guys. They're high school age guys um, who've been captured, locked up, and being told you're going to live a totally different way now. And so Daniel and his buddies have a choice. It's like, okay, we can embrace this and not try to, you know, fight, you know, the system, and we're just going to go along with it. We're going to give into it. We're going to eat this stuff from the king's table, which, let's be honest, food from the king's table is probably not too bad probably pretty good. I, I, I don't know if it would be um, like a big turkey like what you see in the movies with like gravy and, you know, uh, this huge spread. I'm sure it was really nice stuff. It's not just like scraps. They're going to get this nice food, but they have a choice of they can embrace all that stuff or they can, they can make a stand and say, you know what? No, I'm, I'm going to live for the God that I know and that I have known my whole life that I know is true. And so the, it's kind of weird, right? I mean, it's a, it's a big deal about food. They keep bringing up food. And Daniel's like, no, we're not going to eat the food. It's like, why not eat the food, dude? It's just food. Eat the food. Probably tastes fine. He's like, no, just give us vegetables and water. I don't know about you guys. Not a big vegetable fan. Have you ever had just like straight up raw vegetables? Some of you probably like it. And y'all are what I would like to call weird. But I do not, especially carrots. I don't know why raw carrots, disgusting. I despise onions, despise them. They're literally, that's, I think when um, Satan was tempting Eve in the the garden, it was an an onion. Um, I don't know why, because I hate them and I feel like Satan made them. Uh, So (laughs) I I just hate them. But he's asking for just vegetables and water. He's like, listen, we're not going to give in and eat all this awesome food from the king's table. We're going to eat this vegetables and water. Now, why did he say vegetables and water? Well, the Jewish people had commands and laws against certain foods. And God had actually told them, listen, don't eat certain things. And he told them that for a reason. A lot of the things he said don't eat were bad for them. And people would eat it anyway, and it would would not be good for their health. And so 
God was trying to protect them and have them have, have uh, good health and, and not worry about some of the things that everybody else was eating. And so he told them not to do that. And so they had an identity in kind of the food they would eat. So the men, by them saying no to this food that the king was offering them, they were saying no, not just to your food, but they're saying no to your gods. They're saying no to your belief system. They're saying no to this whole idea of you wanting me to live for anything other than Yahweh, other than God. And so they decided to say that. They said, you know what? No. And the guard allowed them because God softened this guard's heart and said, okay, dude, just be nice to these guys. And he said, okay, evaluate us in 10 days and you'll see who looks better at the end of this. Us just eating vegetables and water and these guys eating the stuff from the king's table. And if you keep reading in the story, you'll see they actually do look a lot healthier, a lot better than these other guys that have been eating the king's food. And so they had a choice and they made a decision. Let's back up. Daniel responded to this challenge of this whole challenge of you live this way, even though, even though you've lived one way your whole life, I want you to live a different way by setting himself apart for God. And there's an actual word for that. Does anybody know the word for being set apart for God? You can say it. Huh? Consecrated, yes, true. A different word I'm looking for though. Starts with an H, ends with holy, holy, holy. I think I said it. <laughs> Holy. Being holy is being set apart. <laughs> so if you're, if you're saying, listen, I'm pursuing holiness, you're saying, I am pursuing being set apart for God. I'm, that's, that's what I'm set apart for. And Daniel and these guys, that's what they chose. They said, listen, we're going to set ourselves apart. The rest of these guys can pursue what you guys are telling them they have to pursue, but we're setting ourselves apart um, for God. We're going we're gonna to maintain this holiness. We're going to maintain his commands. We're still going to pursue him above everything else. Even though you've captured us, we, we don't really, we can't, you know, we're, we're locked up, so I can't beat you up right now. But um, instead of doing what you're asking me to do, I'm going to do this. I'm going to continue to set myself apart, which is what God's people were anyway. They were set apart. And so they're retaining that. They're saying, we're still going to be set apart. We're not going to give in to what's being said of the culture. And for us to just follow that, we're going to, we're going to stay over here and we're going to pursue God. And I love that Daniel and those guys did that. I'm like, dude, you just got captured. Everything you know, everything you knew just got taken away. You've had to learn a new language. You're having to read different books. You're having to do all this stuff. And you, you said, you, you said, no. I'm going to stand up for what I know to be true. I'm going to stand up for the God that I know has called me out and that loves me, like we were singing earlier, loves me more than I could ever know. And they took a stand for him. I'm like, that is awesome. The only bad thing about it is when I look at it, I'm like, did I do that? Like, do I do that? Did I do that? In my life, have I done what Daniel and those guys did? And I get a little sad because as I think back on my life, I can definitely see moments where I did not do that. There was two options. It was like, okay, you can uh, keep uh, pursuing God. You can pursue the God that you've known, that you've learned about in Sunday school, that you found out about in church, or you can do whatever you want and you can pursue um, all these other things that have nothing to do with God, that don't matter for eternity, that don't have any kind of impact on anybody other than yourself. You can do that, 
or you can pursue God. And I definitely chose this one that was about me. And I'm like, why? Why did I do that? And so I look back and it's like, okay, I accepted Christ. I became a Christian when I was 10 years old. I didn't do anything really wrong after that. Like I was, I was, uh, I, I was very Justin Bieberish. I was very clean cut, very nice young man. Didn't sing as well, but um, I grew my hair out a little bit and would do that a little bit. And so I was very much like Justin Bieber, except I, you know, didn't have millions of dollars. Um, and so I didn't do anything wrong per se, but I wasn't necessarily pursuing God either. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Have y'all ever been there? Like, you know, you've accepted Jesus. You've been at church before. You've been at Sunday school, but you weren't necessarily like going after him. And you know, you know the difference um, between that. And so I was there for a while. I mean, from 10, 10, being 10 years old through middle school. And I was the kid like in Sunday school class when I was at a church that had Sunday school. Um, we would hang out and they would do Bible studies and I would be the kid in the back that would like have his head down acting like I was praying. And uh, I would just be like this. And if anybody could see like a profile shot, they'd see like this string of like saliva, just like going all up in my Bible, <laughs> ruining my, my red letters. And it was just terrible. But I was just like this slobbering everywhere because I wasn't paying attention and I didn't care what was really going on. My parents made me go. So I was enduring it and I was just like this the whole time. And every once in a while they'd say something to me. But nobody, like, really got on to me or anything. Like, nobody really was like, dude, what are you doing, you moron? Because um, that would, probably wouldn't have been nice to call me a moron. Um, but they, they just never got on to me because it was, like, expected of me to kind of be like that. It's like, he's just a dumb teenage kid. Let him drool in his Bible. Like, it's no big deal. It's all right. He'll get it later when he wakes up. Um, and so I went through there for middle school. Most of, the, most of my time was like that. And it, it kind of continued like that, where I, was, I, I had accepted Christ a long time ago, knew who God was as far as I had a lot of head knowledge here, but I wasn't really pursuing after him. And then I got into um, to high school, and I got a girlfriend. And when I say I got a girlfriend, I mean like I got a girlfriend. Like it was like an like a unofficial marriage type thing. You know what I'm talking about? Like I was... Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, you can shake your head, like, you're attached at the hip. You know what I'm talking about? Like, as you move your right leg, they move their left leg, and they, they meet at the same time. And if, if you're going to go somewhere, you want to see if your girlfriend's going to be there, your boyfriend's going to be there, and if they're not going to be there, then you're, you don't really feel like going. I'm tired. But if they're going to be there, it's like, I'll be there in two seconds. Um, and you would call everybody, each other on the phone like every night and maybe three times a night. And maybe there was no texting at that point, but um, we, we would call each other all the time. It was like, hey, what you doing? Uh, I'm just sitting here. Cool. What are you doing? I'm oh, just sitting here too. Just thinking about you. And I'm not kidding. Then we just sit on the phone for like five minutes and say nothing. I look back and I'm like, if I was in the room and I was next to myself, I would have punched myself in the face. And I'm like, stupid moron. But I literally would sit on the phone and we would just sit on the phone and we wouldn't say anything. We'd just sit there and we, you'd hear each other breathing every once in a while like, so what are you doing now? Oh, still nothing. And we would do this multiple days. Like this was not the only conversation that went that way. Um, 
And so that's the kind of relationship it was. I mean, it was like we were unofficially married. We were together all the time. This was junior year this happened. And I I was just all wrapped up in this relationship. I didn't care about anything else, really. And so it kind of consumed me. And and it was kind of disgusting to everybody else. You know, everybody else is around like, here comes Brad and his girlfriend. (laughs) We're going to go over here. Um, you guys can stay over here and do your stuff you do, you know, or you get all googly-eyed at each other, and we're going to talk, you know, normal people stuff over here. And literally, I was fine with that. I would be like, okay, you're pretty. And we just sit and look at each other and talk weird, and it's just dumb. I wish I was there just to, like, knee myself in the face and do a little roundhouse. Um, I think I pulled something. Okay, walk it off. Um, And so this relationship totally distracted me from everything else. It distracted me from uh, homework. It distracted me from uh, my my family. It distracted me from my friends. It distracted me from God. It distracted me from everything. And then finally, senior year, halfway through, I've literally right about where we're at right now in your school year. I'm not exaggerating. God got my attention. And he, he kind of opened up my eyes. You know, uh, where uh, Greg actually talked about this a, f- a few weeks ago, where Paul's uh, like scales came off his eyes and he could see again after he, he saw Jesus. I almost had that kind of a moment like, aha, uh-huh, I am an idiot. Why do I care so much about this stupid relationship? This, that we sit on the phone for five minutes doing nothing. This is ridiculous. Like I could be doing other things with my time. And he started to realize, or I started to realize by him showing me this stuff that I could have spent so much of that time, not just when I was with this girl, but the entire time I was in middle school and high school, I knew Jesus. I mean, I could have been pursuing him and actually been doing something for him. But that whole time, instead, I was just mediocre. I was just apathetic. I just kind of drooled in my Bible. I was that kid. Um, I was the one everybody's like, oh, that's Brad in the back. He doesn't care about anything we're talking about. Um, He doesn't do anything really. He's just kind of, he's there. He's breathing oxygen that could be for someone else but he's taking it in. And we're all kind of dumber just for being around him, really. Um, I was that guy. And then I get into high school and then I get this girl and that's all I care about. So I could have used that time to do something else um, that would have been actually impactful. So finally, senior year, God gets my attention. He's like, Brad, wake up, you moron. And he didn't call me moron. He said, I love you, you moron. Um, Quit being like this. And it wasn't, don't get me wrong here, it wasn't the girlfriend's fault. It wasn't the Sunday school teacher's fault. It was none of their faults but mine. Because I chose to be like that. But at that moment, I chose to make some different decisions. Instead of pursuing this path that was not about God and not about really anything that mattered, I started to pursue Jesus. I started to pursue what I knew mattered and what I knew was true because I'd been hearing about it. I just hadn't been trying to live for it. And so after that switch happened, after God woke me up, the the scales fell from my eyes. I kind of was like, okay, I got to make some changes. And my girlfriend kind of knew this was coming. She kind of sensed because I I was different. I wasn't just sitting on the phone. If we weren't talking, I was like, okay, I'll talk to you later. Hung up. 
she was devastated for a week, wouldn't talk to me. She's like, why didn't you talk to me? Hyperventilating, it was terrible. And I'm like, um, we weren't talking. Yeah, but, but we used to just sit and breathe on the phone together. I'm like, yeah, but I could be doing something else with my time instead of breathing on the phone with you. That's weird. And so eventually she was literally like, well, you, okay, you promise you won't break up with me. She literally said that to me. And I'm like, no, why not? Because we might break up. What? And so the next week we broke up. Imagine that. You never would have guessed that happened. Why did that happen? Again, it wasn't her fault at all. It was mine. I was putting way too much emphasis on this relationship. And that's not to say you can't be in a relationship and still love God. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I needed to not be in that relationship at that moment to be able to pursue God with everything I had. And at that point, now again, this is why this is sad. I realized this at the end of my senior year. It was like March of my senior year. That's when I started to get involved with like FCA. That's when I started to help lead this worship thing that we would do at the gazebo over at East Pauling. Is that gazebo still there at East Pauling High School? No? Man, tear. Um, we would lead worship there every morning. It was, it was so cool. And I was actually seeing God do things and I was getting to be a part of it. Like I was doing things that mattered. I was actually being set apart to do so. I had chosen to be set apart to do something for God. Instead of being this ho-hum, you know, I'm just another teenager. I'm just another kid, you know, that's enamored with his girlfriend. I finally chose to set myself apart for God. And the sad thing is it took that long. It took that long. What could God have done in my life if I would have lived for him and pursued him? And that would have been my main concern was who God is and him being known through me. If I would have done that in middle school and high school the entire time, what could he have done? I have no idea because I didn't do it. And I hate that. I can't sit here and just, you know, waller in that and and be upset about that. I I don't know what could have happened. Something great could have happened. I have no idea. But I want to tell you guys that now, because maybe you're that senior and you're sitting here and you've been really apathetic, just like I was. And even though it's taken this long, maybe this is when you finally, your eyes are open. You're like, dude, what am I living for? Have I set myself apart? Or am I pursuing the things everybody's thrown at me, that everybody expects of me? Because truth be told, guys, people don't expect a lot of you, out out of you. They they just don't. If you do something dumb, they're like, oh, they're just a teenager. If you do something that's like hurtful to you or somebody else, yeah, you might get like a slap on the wrist. You might get in trouble a little bit, but nobody really is like, we expect more of you, really. You're just a teenager. But here's the thing. Everybody else is not God. God expects everything from you. He expects all of you. And he can use all of you. It doesn't matter how old you are. You might be a freshman in here, and, and you know, you got, you're bumped down on the low man on the totem pole now that you're in high school. You're not, you know, top dog anymore. And you might feel like, dude, I got to let all the seniors and juniors do everything because I'm like low man again. And 
It's lame. No, that is not how this works. God uses whoever is all about him. Whoever is giving their all for who he is is who he's going to use. It doesn't matter their age. It doesn't matter their status, their popularity, if they have a girlfriend or boyfriend. None of that stuff matters. It's do you love him? Are you giving your all for him? Are you setting yourself apart for him? And so my question for you is this, when you wake up every day, are you setting yourself apart? Or are you living the way I used to live? I mean, are you living where you, you wake up and you're like, we'll just see what happens today. I'll just pursue this today. You don't even know what you're pursuing. You're just living. You're not even pursuing anything really. I just don't want to see any one of you come to the place where you're done with high school and you look back and you're like, dude, I didn't do anything. Like I didn't choose God at all. Like I did go to church. I went to Reckless. I was in a small group. I did go to Rush. Um, That was cool. But I didn't daily wake up and think, God, I'm setting myself apart today. Please use me. Use me however you want to use me. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means starting a Bible study. I don't, I don't know if that means just being open to talking to somebody about who you are. I don't know if that means just spending my, um, my whole ride to, to school this morning praying. I, I don't know what that means, but I want to be set aside for you. Because culture is telling us one thing. Like, we don't expect much of you. Pursue this. Do this. This is, this is kind of... This is the thing right now, to pursue this. And that could be popularity, that could be the latest fashion, that could be all kinds of different things. We're gonna talk more about that later in the series, but there's a lot of things that are coming against pursuing God. And at the end of the day, you have to make the choice. What are you gonna pursue? Are you gonna set yourself apart like Daniel and those guys did? And say, look, I know there's all this other stuff, But what God has called me to is better. What God has called me to is gonna be the stuff that matters. If we keep reading in Daniel, we see that they, number one, they look better than all those other guys. But two, God used them um, in crazy ways. Uh, Daniel could actually see, like he understood dreams and visions. He was the number one trusted guy by the king because of how God blessed him. Because he made this stand, he made this choice to be set apart. And he's asking the very same thing from us now. Because the Bible doesn't just happen, it's happening still. He's still calling us to do the same thing Daniel did. And he might use you different than he used Daniel. He wants to use you the way he made you. You don't have to be like Daniel. You don't have to be like me. You don't have to be like James. You don't have to be like your small group leader. He wants you to be like you, but he wants you to pursue him above everything else and set yourself apart for holiness.